gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. So, I live in New York and I ride the subway, and most of you who listen to this regularly know that I ride the subway, but I find that there are still people who are very surprised that I ride the subway, and as I may have told you uh, one time, Stephen A. Smith heard me say something about riding the subway, and he looked mortified. Like, just at the very idea, he just seemed like, like he could not grasp it. Like, him hearing about me riding the subway was akin to that, like, picture of Puffy looking at that $1 bill. Like, wow, I, I forgot what that was like. Anyway, I ride the subway, and I don't really see that much craziness on the subway. You know, there's cats that come on every now and then, one dance with some bread and stuff like that, but overwhelmingly like people on the subway just kind of leave each other alone and they'll wind up being somebody that's a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs but as long as it's only one it's not that big a thing but what happens when you got two of them and they like exist in the same space so that happened to me one day i'm leaving work i jump on the train this dude get on the train man he ain't really got no teeth He's selling like them I Heart New York hats. He got a stack of those that he brings on with him. He got like some food and he got a drink. It's like there's a lot going on with the dude. And something happened, and I don't know how or why, but he wound up. Well, I do remember this. Like he sat down and was insisting on keeping the seat next to him open for like his little goods that he was selling. You know? So Anyway, this led to some disagreement with a woman who was already sitting on a train. And I don't know what exactly they were going back and forth about, but at some point it became clear that she was trying to explain to him that she could get rough with it too. Because like she wound up talking about how her whole family was fighters and how her daddy fought in World War II. You know, and it's it's this like low volume, but fairly constant back and forth between her and this dude who doesn't have any teeth. And then at some point in the ride, I look over at her and she got like a beard. Like a for real beard. You know, like so like my time like physically sitting on the train is probably about a half hour. All right. So this started at the first place, and I realized that she's got a beard and they keep on going back and forth. And I mean, this doesn't happen very often, but you will wind up in times and situations on the subway where you as a man have to ask yourself, like, am I going to have to scrap it out? Like, am I going to have to fight here in defense of a total stranger? Cause you'll have cast that are wilding out in ways involving women and you there and you're just like, okay, I guess like if it comes to this, I'm going to, I'm going to have to be the moral arbiter of this and make sure that this goes okay. Like one time I was on the subway and I was way far away from it, but I saw this happen. Like it was some super like black revolutionary type cat. And he was just going off on white people, man. Like he's not a fan. And uh, he got to talking about Nat Turner and he got to talking about Emmett Till. And then he got like right up behind this white woman on the train and started, like, giving her the talk about Emmett Till and white women and lying and, you know, like, all of this stuff. And I wasn't close enough to do nothing, but I'm like, man, somebody really might, like, have to do something, right? Like, grab your cape, buddy. It might be time for you to say it today. So this happens. So while he's going on the back and forth with this woman, I got a bit of a, like, 
heightened awareness of what's going on because she's older, right? He ain't young, but she's older. And it's just like, all right, like if it all comes down to it and nobody here has got it in them, I guess I'm going to have to be the one, right? Okay. So anyway, um, somewhere along the way, this dispute between the dude that ain't got no teeth and the woman with the beard like kind of dissipated a little bit. And I don't know what exactly happened, but some like pretty big dude got on the train and he bumped into the dude with no teeth. And apparently from there to the do with no teeth, like his food spilling the dude with no teeth had been like real cantankerous with anybody that he spoke to. And so he's like, yo, you got my food out of my hand, you know? And so the dude, he said it to, like I said, he was a big dude, but like he wasn't coming to scrap. Right. And so he's just kind of like, it's obvious that he's just trying to figure out how to defuse the situation. He's like, I'm sorry, man. You know, because that's, you know, scratching valor, all that stuff. So he just gave him an apology. And the dude like was not satisfied with the apology. Right. He keeps coming back. You knock my food over. And the dude was like, look, man, I said I was sorry. You know, like now this has just become a point and a discussion of manhood, really, where my man is just kind of like, yo, man, I can't let so much of this slide. Right. OK, cool. Then out of nowhere, like this cat almost sound like he was off of Wu-Tang and a loon. He's like, yo, man, I hate me a loud bleep. I hate me a loud bleep. Hey, man. Yo, man. Yo, yo, hey, yo, man. Hey, yo, 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 shut the, yo, shut the fuck up, man. And now they going back and forth. But now this guy, because, again, keep in mind, this dude's been doing this the whole ride, right? Like, the end of this story is at the end of my ride, and I told you my ride is 30 minutes. And my man had just had enough. Like, he had on, like, some kind of brown jacket and a brown cap and bill flipped up. He was all New York with it, man. He was not He was not having any of this, man. He's saying, you know what? You get off this train when I get off this train, and I'm going to stomp the fuck out of you. Like, whoa! Like, now it's all. Right. Like, OK, so I'm sitting here wondering if I'm going to have to pop up and come to somebody's defense. Nope, I don't have to do that anymore. This gentleman has decided to take on this task for the entire train. And it was really just out of principle for his hatred of loud people. Which was interesting because once he began to speak, he was the loudest person in the room. But I tell you this. My man with the hats and no teeth. Back, 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 back. Give me 50 feet, man. He retreated. It became very clear to him that he did not want any parts of this. But, like, I'm watching this, like, as this thing is happening. And I'm like, man, if he starts beating this dude up on the train, I don't really know what the protocol is. Like, how does this work? Because they directly across from me. And I think, like, the train wasn't really that, 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 that full up. Troy in the chat room talking about sit and watch. No, 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 no. Maybe get up, get out the way, and watch. But if that fight tumble over to where I'm at, I might wind up getting hit in the face. You cats out here talking about video it. That's the problem with the whole generation. Video it for what? Like every time somebody in one of these things decide they're going to pop up and be the one to take the video, for what? For what? Y'all don't even get no money off that shit. Nah, I'm just getting out of the way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, I'm not getting injured. Oh, you imagine that, man. Them cats tumble over you while you're sitting on the subway. Man, you break your leg. I ain't doing that. But I tell you, man. Subway. Say what, say what, say what. Anything can happen. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. 
Uh, let me get this right here. My man says WrestleMania coming to New York next month. Any chance he'll be attending? Hell no, I ain't going to no WrestleMania. Like, why do I know who wrestlers are? I don't be out here doing that stuff. I'm a grown man. Let me see. Here we go. Is 58-year-old Chuck D still worth seeing perform Public Enemy Live? So, I actually have had the pleasure of seeing Chuck D live. Um, I only saw Chuck D live do a handful of songs because he was at the Roots uh, Jam Session when the Grammys were in New York last year. The answer to that question is unequivocally, yes, it is still worth seeing Chuck D live. Because see, here's the thing about like seeing Chuck D that really dawned on me. Because, you know, we got all our people that we say are our best, our favorite rappers in top five and all of this stuff. And everybody's got their own metrics or whatever it was. Anyway, this is on a night where I've watched Black Thought do a bunch of rapping. And I've seen the Roots live, you know, more than one. Like, I've seen them, right? So you watch Chuck D standing next to Black Thought. They're like, hey, man, you go look at that crazy Black Thought freestyle, you know, from a couple years ago or whatever. Ain't nobody better than Black Thought. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it works. Ain't nobody better than Black Thought at rapping. But then you see Chuck D rapping next to Black Thought, and you realize ain't nobody better than Chuck D neither. You know, so you could talk about like double time flow and stuff like that or whatever it is. But there's something about just straight up presence and voice and breath control and all of that stuff. And Chuck has still got it. So, like, if you like P.E., then you absolutely need to go check Chuck out live. Like, I need to go check Chuck live. Like, he is. Whoo. He is a monster. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Is there any way to ask a woman to go Dutch without coming across as a lame? As a lame. Uh, let me ask you a question, uh, Keenan. How old are you in this attempt that you are making to try to go Dutch with a woman and not seem like you're a lame? Like, how old are you? I need this in the. I need this in the chat. Once I know how old you are in the chat, I can give you a better answer. Come on, Keenan. Come on. I see you in here. You just said something three messages ago. Don't act like you don't hear me. You're 25. Nope. 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 Sorry. None. Like, Keenan, have you been considering this? Like, have you been strategically trying to find a way to get women to, like, pay their half? Seriously, like, I want to know this. Like, is that what you have been, like, trying to cook up in your brain to try to do this? Because if, if you have, I can help you out here. I can't. Because I feel bad for you, right? My guess is you broke. And I'm not saying that as an insult. I was broke as hell when I was 25, right? My guess is that you're broke. And so you would like to hang out with this woman, but you can't really afford to do stuff that costs money, but they like to do stuff that costs money. I get you. However, if that's your play, then you need to make the first interaction somewhere that doesn't really cost much money, like the coffee shop thing or whatever it is. Like, that's what you're going to wind up needing to do. And then after that, you're going to have to spend money. Right? Because I, I hate to break it to you, man, but it's America, and there's no way to look at somebody and be like, hey, man, I'm just broke, and it not come across as lame. Right? Just so you know, there's just no real good way 
uh, to pull that off. Somebody in here said that Keenan needs to learn how to cook. Nah, partner, you hustling backwards on that one. You hustling backwards in the sense that if he's at the point of trying to get a ta- trying to get to the place of taking them to you know get them to go out Dutch, how dare he ask them to come to his house? Like, yo, man, after college, you just can't really be doing a whole lot of why don't you just come over to the crib? I don't know if you'd be reading the newspaper, homie, or listening to these stories, but it's kind of it's kind of wild out here. Like, women can't just be just showing up in your house thinking everything's cool. Like, what do you know about him? All I know is that he can't afford to take me out. Shit, what kind of house you inviting her to? Like, real talk, what kind of crib you inviting her to if you can't take her out? So, yeah, man, you need to go, like, get some coffee. Maybe get a second job. I don't know what it is. Like, you can be like, yo, man, my bread ain't really right right now, but I want to catch up with you. Maybe that's the way you do it, right? My bread's not really right right now, but, you know, I just want to see what's up with you. And that'll make you seem less lame. But, I mean, this is the real talk about it, man. They can cost money. You're going to have to spend it. But actually, what makes it a little worse for you on the Dutch play, and this is why the Dutch play is bad. The Dutch play is bad because you are saying that you got enough money for your food. You are saying you got enough money for your drinks, but you draw the line at hers. That's what you don't want to do. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Can you please discuss the circumstances that caused Michael Cohen to reach out to you? Sure. It's actually not very difficult. Um, So Trump at the time, the word was out that he was thinking about buying the Buffalo Bills. And this is in 2014. So this is when Trump is very, very much so associated with the birther stuff. And so we were talking about on highly questionable. I'm like, look, if you're the NFL and the way that you like trying to do business or whatever, you can't be out here with a dude that is saying that the president of the United States was not actually born here. Like that's bad for business. That's not a person for you to let into the club. And we talk a lot about when people want to buy teams that it's about letting them in the club. Like this don't seem like a guy that you should let in the club. And so next thing I know, I get this uh, email from the contact form on my website talking about, uh, I would appreciate a return phone. And it was from Michael Cohen. And I got all this information. I got the office phone. I got fast machine. Um, I got the, 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 the cell number. I've got it all. And so I looked at that and I was like, there's no way in the world I'm calling this man. He calling to threaten me. And right, that was my guess. Like what else is there for him to say? Like, I didn't really, I didn't even really say that much. I didn't say anything. I thought that merited an outreach from the party that I was discussing, right? So uh, I hand that over to my agent. I let him make the call. And he called Cohen. We were trying to work something out that if I ever came to New York or whatever, I could come meet him or whatever it was. And I just never got around to it. Like, I wasn't I wasn't making no specific trip to come to New York for this, even though I wanted the story to tell. Like, it might have played a little different if I actually lived in New York at the time. I might have, you know, just kind of seen what the play was or whatever. But, yeah. They made him reach out. And I realized after all this stuff started, man, I had Michael Cohen's phone number. I could have been calling him all kinds of stuff, all kinds of times. Talking about, is your refrigerator running? Well, you better go catch it. I had access to that. I could have done all that. But, yeah, that 
that may Michael Cohen reach out. Cohen, man, um, I mean, that man's about to go do time in Fed. In the Fed. This is not how it was supposed to go. Can you imagine for a second just thinking about this? Your man's just got elected president of the United States, and that's the reason why you're going to the bank? Like that right there. Your man is the most powerful person in whatever. And the fact that he has become that is the reason why you are going to jail. That's got to be hard to wrap your name, wrap your mind around, man. Oh, well, better him than me. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. It was a hell of a black history month, huh? Yeah, you know. I guess, but here's my question about that, you know, because it is Black History Month, so it kind of stands out. Yo, all this stuff hits us in so many ways and so many directions at this point that we just kind of remember this stuff because it's Black History Month, but this same stuff could wind up happening in March. Like, everything's so crazy at this point. It just kind of jumped out, I suppose, because it's February, and we just kind of rock around with it, man. But, I mean, yo, it's it's just been a lot. Like, February felt so long, and somebody was like, they was wilding out in Virginia, and I'm like, damn, was that in February? Like, uh, wow. Okay. No, yo, February been so long. That man in Virginia could get caught doing blackface in his, in his, in his, uh, yearbook thing. Then his wife out here handed cotton out to people on tours. And I ain't realize all that stuff happened in the same month. In between Lieutenant governor is accused twice of sexual assault. And the attorney general had to acknowledge that he once dressed up like in blackface. Because he was like rocking with Curtis Blow back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. Oh, your man, Jesse. Oh, your man, Jesse. Y'all may have noticed when um, the Jesse thing came out. I ain't really say nothing about it. People ask questions in here. I was really doing my tap dance on it. And I want to send a shout out to what I would consider to be the underground network of sorts. And you're wondering what underground network it is I'm talking about. I'm talking about that underground network of black people that was calling each other, that was texting each other, to say that they thought that that Jesse story didn't really add up but they ain't really want to come out and say that in front of anybody else. It was a lot of y'all. And I know it was a lot of y'all because a lot of y'all came and hollered at me. It was no shortage. Just so you know. Like, if you think that black people which is out here all believe in Jesse, no, sir. No, sir. I don't even think he had the majority of the population, to be honest. It was a whole lot of mm-hmm. some don't add up about this one. And so I do remember like reading that one thing piece of somebody's like, where are the straight men uh, defending Jesse? And don't get me wrong. I do think that there are a lot of straight men that did not want to defend him because he was gay. Like, I do think that that's part of it. Like, I think it was a lot easier for those people to see through what may have been a charade Right. It was easier for them to peep game on that because of their predisposition to peep game in that way. But that does not mean there was not game to be peeped. There was. And I made something very briefly on the right time that I will bring over to here about this, which is 
heard a lot of things about the Jesse story, you know, in the context of the black community. A lot of things about the Jesse situation in the context of the gay community. Is there anyone on this here chat that is of the Nigerian community that would like to speak on the Jesse situation? Anybody? Anybody? Because I feel like it's two levels of this to where I think that this comes to our Nigerian brothers and why it's fair to ask some questions about how they feel about this, right? Number one, they kept throwing the word Nigerian in to describe these dudes. Now, I understand that they had taken that flight to Nigeria, but the fact that they was involved in this in the first place didn't really have that much to do with the fact that they are Nigerian. It did not. And they threw it in there all over the place, right? Then there's the other part, which is my man in here. Let me make sure I get your name right. Adetokun. Did I get that right? Adetokun? Adetokun. He says, I was highly upset. We labeled as scammers enough as is. And I would never go so far ever at any point to identify any group of people like overall as scammers. I'm just not in that place. However, I do remember once when I was in graduate school that Nigeria had come up like at the top of the list on some corruption index. And they went to go talk to the foreign minister or something about it. And, um, you know, normally in a time like that, they were like, oh, you know, it's poppycock, man. You can't believe everything you read, da-da-da-da-da, all that stuff, everything else, right? No, nah, man, the foreign minister was like, yeah, we got a bad reputation. We kind of need to fix it. Like, that, that, that was his response to the world saying that they out here on these scams as such. So it is absolutely unfair to say that Nigerians as a people are scammers. There are, however, some very particular Nigerian scams. You guys all know about the emails, for example. All right. Right or wrong, people do have an association with Nigerians and scams. And if you are a Nigerian scammer, if you are a Nigerian scammer, you really do have to be looking at these cats being like, damn, this is the best y'all could come up with. Like y'all got yourselves involved in this harebrained scheme. You couldn't possibly like you couldn't look at this and see that it was going to end badly for you. And honestly, I don't think you have to be a Nigerian scammer to raise that question. If I were a Nigerian no matter what kind of Nigerian you say that I am, the most upstanding Nigerian, never committed a crime in my life, never told a lie, whatever it is. If I'm that guy, I am insulted by the idea that they keep putting our national name out here on this nonsense. Like I saw something that said the, 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 the check, like the, the check that's involved in this discussion. I saw something that said that they were like, well, nah, the check really was for like personal training because they got like text messages and stuff like that to talk about the personal training. And the check said 
personal training or whatever on it. And I'm like, bro, I can write anything on a check. Anything at all. Like you got your text messages. That's fine. But I can write anything on a check. You know, so I don't know. Maybe you didn't pay him with a check. I have no idea. It, I don't have the answers to this. I just do feel like our Nigerian brothers and sisters, both upstanding and down sitting, shall we say, are getting a bad rap in this situation. They have to put that all up in the headlines in the first place. And then once you got it in the headlines, you are associating it with a haphazard scheme. Everybody looking bad. Everybody looking bad. Everybody looking bad. And my man says, Jesse orchestrated it, not them. But that's my point. You got to hear what this scam is and then realize, nah, this ain't going to work. Now nah, I'm out. I'm out. Ain't no win in this for me. None whatsoever. But yeah, they did. They did our Nigerian brothers wrong, top to bottom, in that one. I ain't heard nothing. I ain't heard nearly enough from them. Let me see what else we got here. Politicians out here saying they're for reparations. What a time to be alive, man! You know, I ain't really looked too deep into this, but I feel like I've seen more politicians saying that they're into looking into reparations, right? Which is the equivalent of "I'll pay you next Friday." Elizabeth Warren said that she was for it. Oh, okay. Wow. For now. That's kind of thing you that's the kind of thing you say in advance of the primary, in advance of like South Carolina. You don't say that after that. You'd be like, oh no, oh, you said reparations. I'm sorry. I thought you said preparations. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. People said this reparations. Some said every white person gonna be printing out their ancestry.com results. Now let me explain something to you right fast. Ain't no white people getting it put down on the books that they black. No sir, Bob. That's not how that's working. They ain't gonna be cutting no checks for reparations big enough to make you want to trade in your whiteness. What are you crazy? I ain't doing that. Think. Think about all the things white people have demonstrated that they are willing to set fire to and get rid of in the name of protecting white. I don't know what, like the check, oh boy, that check had to be so big. I, I honestly don't know how big it is. I have seen the damage that people are willing to do in this country in the name of protecting whiteness. You're going to say more than check. And that honestly should tell you a whole lot, like about the reparations argument and like how disingenuous some of the counters are to it. Right. Ask them how much money they would it would cost to pay them to become black. Kind of change the tenor of the thing just a little bit, don't it? Billy Porter has gone vinyl, viral. I said vinyl. Wow. Viral all award season created the discussion of society's definition of masculinity. Is it, quote, cool to be, quote, different or is society changing archaic standards of masculinity? Wow. What an awful question. But I am here to take the question simply because like, are we really at a point in 2019 where you acting like you ain't never seen a dude in a dress before or in a skirt or whatever? Like, I don't know how to term what his outfit was, but like, are you really being shocked by that at this point? Are you really being stunned by this? Like I'm 38 years old. Like 
you I don't think you really could have stunned me with this in the 90s. Like, so I'm a little surprised that there is like the people that are fighting back on this one. Like, okay, we're still having this fight. All right, man. Like, are these teenagers that are doing this? Because I can understand like teenagers getting into this. Grown men can't really be tripping on this, can they? Appreciate the question. All right. Next question. What do you expect from Two Chains albums? So you guys don't know this, but I actually talked to Two Chains. Uh, a couple of days ago, we recorded a podcast for the right time that will be released probably next week. Um, and what he said was, he told me he's going for substance on this one. Right, that was the way he put it. Like he said that it was a time, it was time to do something in his music that he felt was more of substance. So I'm like very curious to know what the definition of substance is going to be for him. Let's see. My man said LeBron A and R did too. I mean. Okay, so he listened to some tracks and told Two Chains like what he thought of them. That's kind of what you know A and R is. So, I mean, that's cool for LeBron too. Don't get me wrong. Like, let us not overstate like what the role is that he had on it. But being asked to do that is pretty damn cool. And the fact that like, actually, I asked Two Chains. I was like, "Do you trust LeBron's taste?" He's like, "I trust my taste. All the songs was dope." Oh, I was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Dude keeps asking me, what is the Clayborne Carson book you re- mentioned in reference to Dr. King? Number one, why don't you go back and listen to where I mentioned that? Number two, it's the autobiography of Martin Luther King. Hold up. The president said he's the best basketball player in New York. Did that really happen? Okay, if that happened, why? Here's how you know that ain't true. I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons that you could think it ain't true. But let me tell you how you know that ain't true. Because we would have heard about this, not that he was the best player in New York, but we would have heard that he's a better player than Obama. Oh, this is from six years ago? Oh. So maybe that was what he was talking about. Anyway, I'm down to watch Obama and uh, Donald Trump play one-on-one. Are you down? I watch that. I watch that all day long. Yeah, it's only talking about pay-per-view. I pay $200 for that. I pay, I, given the money that I paid to watch Mayweather fights over the years, this, I mean, I damn sure would do that. Let me see what else we got here. What are some older soul songs you're glad the social media generation haven't found out about to turn into IG captions? So what, you want me to say it on here so then they can do it? Anyway, man says, we're going to talk about Green Book. No, we are not going to talk about Green Book. I haven't seen Green Book. I ain't have no interest in seeing Green Book. I ain't seen pretty much none of the movies that was nominated for anything. I don't care. And like, I'm not even saying that like to be like too cool for school or whatever about it. Like, no. I legitimately don't care. Like, it is a little disturbing that so many people wrote so many things about the problems with that movie and the way that they have, I mean, there was so much of that. And then it's still one that's like a little bit disheartening and that all the folks would get up there and thank all these people but not thank the, you know, the man they made the movie about, in effect, who was the man that actually had to suffer. Um, 
like yeah there's there's certainly that and the problems that come with it and like if Mahershala Ali is even going to put that one up in his house because he seems to have some regret about like his role um, in all of this. But yeah, this ain't my space. I understand why it matters to people for whom this is their space. But this isn't my space. I'm just, I just I can't get so charged up about it because I just don't care about movies um, in that way. But at some point, man... You just got to realize that this is what this academy is. This is this is this is everything. You think all these changes happened, right? All these things went down. So yeah, you see more people of color getting out there. But in the end, I feel like that movie winning, uh, from what I've read about it, is an indicator of kind of like the underlying thought process of the people that vote. And so, in some measure, it's always going to be like this because them folks, them folks don't, them folks think it looked bad that they hadn't done things a certain way, but they are who they are. They ain't really looking out here to try to be new people. Now, one thing I will say, though, that should be noted is that there are some serious factual problems, as I understand it, with uh, the Green Book. However, have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? Like, they were just like, so we'll start with Queen. And then we'll do whatever the hell we want around that. Now, I also will say this about that movie that I think is interesting is that there are a lot of stories that you could read with people really hostile about and, and a lot of the an- anachronisms that are there in that movie and just the idea that they play kind of loose with the facts and the details. Um, and that is true. But I said that same exact thing about Straight Outta Compton. And it was really hard to find anybody that I saw that really wrote about how loose they played with the timeline and some of the facts in that movie beyond the D. Barnes situation, right? Like they on tour in 1989 and somebody's wearing a Rodney Hampton Giants jersey, for example. Like they got all of that stuff wrong. But like when people were coming up with stuff and everything else, no, nah, they apparently Brian may have problems with Bohemian Rhapsody and a lot of what they saw and they told him it was a movie, not a documentary. And they took that approach. So I say that to say Green Book wasn't the only movie they was out here nominating and not giving a damn about what actually happened. Also, somewhat related, as I brought up straight out of Compton, perhaps my biggest problem straight out of Compton is the utter disrespect for the man that might be honestly the most underrated rapper of all time at this point. My man, MC Ren. Are you surprised at how much Spike apparently put into winning an Oscar? I wouldn't think it would be so important to him. No, that doesn't surprise me because in the end, like for him as a person who works in this industry, this is a serious achievement for him. He, no matter what and what he might think about the body or whatever it is, this is something that you dream of if you're making movies, right? If you make films, like this is a thing that you want. And so for him to have worked at this as long as he has, even if you don't like the people that you're talking about, you want them to respect you. And I think that having that like respect validated for you in that way has to be satisfying. Like I know, you know, there's like internet lists and like your top 40 under 40 type stuff or whatever it is. And I never really made many of those lists. I never have. But it does feel all right when you do, you know, like people want to be received and respected in their 
industries and for doing their craft in the way that Spike was by winning that Oscar. So, no, I'm not terribly surprised. Like, go look back at when the Roots won a Grammy for uh, You Got Me. Look how gassed they were. And you wouldn't have thought that, given the kind of music they make and stuff like that. No, they were thrilled to get that. All right, appreciate the question. Oh, this is a good one. You really shared on Twitter that you'll be writing more and how it helps you. As a writer myself, that resonated me. Would you mind sharing how writing helps you? Yeah, I'll tell you how writing helps me. I don't necessarily enjoy writing that much, though in reality is I don't enjoy writing on a regular schedule. Like, that's not, I'm not built for that. Um, but what I realized as I was writing something on my iPhone on a balcony in Costa Rica after getting to my hotel, I feel a certain sense of accomplishment when I've come up with an idea and fleshed it out and done all the rearranging and putting the stuff together and everything else. Like, I feel like I've done something when I do that. And that feels good for me. Like for me, like doing TV and radio stuff is actually pretty easy. I can kind of roll out of bed and do that stuff. Writing, not so much. And, you know, I think it is good for me to take on something that is a challenge in that way and to beat it. And it's not like I don't think I can write stuff or I'm not able to get there or whatever it is, but I do kind of like that feeling of accomplishment at the end. And I think I kind of lost sight of that over the years in like dealing with, you know, my different confidence issues with writing and stuff like that, that I forgot what it can feel like when you get to the end and you're like, yeah, nah, bro, this is good. And I think I'm at a point now where I feel better than I ever had before about my ability to gauge whether or not I've done something good. You know, so that I think is where it is good for me is to kind of get back to not even testing myself, but just kind of exercise. That's probably the best way to put it. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. I think I got a couple more I'll take. Has Offset shown real growth? Read the Breakfast Club interview. I haven't seen no Breakfast Club interview with Offset. However, the stuff we talked about that happened with him happened, what, like two months ago? How much do you think he's going to grow? Like, what do you think he is, 13? He's going to go through, like, two shoe sizes in four months? Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Nah, ain't really nothing left here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here. On the Evening Jones, we try to do this thing about once a week here, give or take. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store. All right. Talk to you guys in a little while. Take it easy.